You are listening to the Sermon Podcast for Triumph Lutheran Brethren Church. Our vision is to see the life and message of Jesus transform hearts, homes, and cities. Wherever you are, our prayer is that God would meet you and that the life and message of Jesus would transform your life. To find more resources, go to triumphlbc.org. So uh, just as we begin, I just want to give you a quick, um, a quick insight into the sermon that we'll be doing today. I just want you to know that today's sermon is going to be extraordinary. I should say, what I meant to say was that today's sermon is going to be extraordinary. Just an ordinary sermon. There's nothing flashy about it. There's nothing, uh, I mean, there's no massively powerful illustration in it. There's uh, nothing, I don't know, maybe even profound about it. It's just going to be an ordinary sermon today. So just a heads up. I don't know about you guys. uh, So here, let me give you a little insight into the sermon development process. Uh, A small little part of it for me is I get towards the end of the sermon and I and I wonder to myself, what kind of a sermon, how, how's this going to come across? What's this going to be like? You know, is this going to be like one of the best, ser- like this is really a good sermon this week. Or is it like, a, well, Lord, take the mess and see what you can do with it kind of a week, you know? But what I find is that like most of my sermons, I kind of go, yeah, I mean, it's a sermon. It's ordinary. God can use it and he will. And, and I was thinking also about some of our sermons. I don't know if you noticed this, but a lot of our sermons end up preaching to the extremes of life. Have you ever noticed that? Like we preach to the high points and talk about these amazing moments. We also preach to the low points of life, the struggles in life. And the reason is because Jesus speaks to those places, right? The, the word of God and Jesus speaks to the lows. We need to know if he's still there, if he still cares. And we find out that Jesus speaks to the lows of life, to the moments of despair, the, the moments of, of struggling with our self-worth. Jesus speaks to the diagnosis that comes. Jesus speaks to the sudden or even the long-term death of a loved one. Jesus speaks When a spouse leaves, a child doesn't call back. Jesus speaks to these moments. He also speaks to the high spots of life, these these moments where life is transformed, hearts are changed, whether they come to faith, someone comes to faith for the first time, or maybe there's reconciliation in a relationship that we thought was so damaged it would never be repaired. And God works in that and he speaks to that. He speaks to those moments where you look around and you just can't help but see and notice God's blessing. It's those moments that make you pause and just say, wow, God is good. But here's the thing. Life isn't lived in the extremes. Right? Like, We're not designed to go from one mountaintop high to one crashing low and back up to the mountain. I hope you don't live in that world. Because for most of us, most of our life isn't lived at the extremes, but rather in the middle. Rather ordinary. It's the ordinary everyday of life. 
We have patterns or rhythms to our life. Some of us may even call them ruts to our life. Same thing every day, right? Like alarm goes off, you get your cup of coffee, you let the dog out, you get the kids up, you get the kids out, you head to work. You plow through the day at work, you may or may not throw in a little work lunch just to spice up the rhythm a bit. But then you come home at the end of the day and it's supper time, it's homework, it's baths and showers. It's bedtime stories, it's falling asleep next to your kid uh, for a little bit too long to the point where when you finally get out of that bed, you're so tired, all you want to do is go crawl into your bed, hypothetically speaking. And then tomorrow, it starts all over again. It's ordinary life. So here's what I really love about our text today. As we dive into this story from John chapter 21, we're in this series that we're calling Now What, which is this series where we're looking to say the resurrection of Jesus has happened. The disciples have seen him. They haven't yet been sent out. The Holy Spirit hasn't come at Pentecost, so they're in that season between and asking themselves, now what? In our text today, we get to see that Jesus is Lord of the ordinary. Ordinary people doing ordinary things. And Jesus shows his lordship. So yes, our text today, as you'll see, does involve a miraculous catch of fish. But what I want us to see is how Jesus and his disciples are just living ordinary life. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to John chapter 21. Last week, Pastor Jay picked it up at verse 15 and read about the restoration of Peter. He read about what happened on the shoreline. Today, we're going to double back and grab uh, the text before that about how they got to the shoreline. All right, so here we go. We're going to begin at verse 1 of chapter 21. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, which means twin, by the way, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. Riveting, isn't it? So they went out and got in the boat. But that night they they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they replied. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they're not far from shore, about 100 yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore, and it was full of large fish, 153. Kind of makes you wonder what the DNR would say about that. But even with so many, the net was not torn. 
Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew he was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them. And he did the same with the fish. This is now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Ordinary people doing ordinary things. Now, yes, I know Peter and John are in the midst and we probably wouldn't classify them as ordinary people. But Nathaniel's mentioned. Now, Nathaniel's the guy who gets very little, if any, billing in the New Testament. You don't even know much about him. And two of them, we don't even know who they are. John doesn't even find it worthwhile to tell us who they were. It was just two of them. Ordinary people. Peter says, I'm going fishing. The other six look around and go, us too. So they go out fishing. Now, I don't know if this was a fishing trip that needed to happen for that evening just to, just to decompress and just to spend some time and get away from it all. And it was an evening for fun fishing trip. Or if this was going to be like a business trip. They were professional fishermen. They had family to support. They weren't following Jesus anymore. They're sitting at home and maybe they're going out and saying, let's catch some fish for the night, bring it to market in the morning. This is a business trip. Either way, they go out and they do something that they know they have done for years. They're going fishing. Ordinary people doing ordinary things. And then at the end, we have this amazingly ordinary thing called breakfast. How many of you guys had breakfast this morning? Yeah, I had scrambled eggs. It was a special morning today. Eating breakfast. Ordinary people doing ordinary things. And Jesus shows that he's Lord of the ordinary, everyday life. Three things that I noticed Jesus doing, we're going to walk those three things. The first one is that Jesus is with them in the ordinary He's with them. Now, he's there in Galilee. They don't know it, but he's there in Galilee. In Matthew and Mark, we see that Jesus told the disciples to go into Galilee and I'll meet you there. So they go to Galilee and they're waiting. Jesus is there. Jesus has been moving around. Jesus is present in Galilee. They have no idea he's there, but he's there. Until the moment that he revealed to them, himself to them. It says that Jesus appeared on the shoreline. That word uh, appeared shows up in John's writing a little over 15 times. And every single time John uses that word, it is always pointing to the self-disclosure of Jesus to mankind. He is appearing to them so that they know he is there. So Jesus, spending time in Galilee, moving around, appears. Okay, this gets me into trouble sometimes, but I find it fascinating. I like to read between the lines because I know that the entire story and all the details are not contained, right? So you don't build your doctrine and your theology off the reading between the lines, but things can come alive sometimes when you do that. I wonder sometimes... How long was Jesus walking around them? Like, when they were moving through the town, was he there? Just maybe a few people over and they just didn't see that he was there? 
Was Jesus at any point that night walking along the shore, watching them fish, maybe even walking on the water again, but just out of eyesight of them? Jesus was there. They didn't know it until he wanted to show himself to them. And in the midst of this ordinary action of fishing, Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up. They didn't recognize him. Even though Jesus was there, they didn't recognize him. Now, before we kind of give the disciples a bad name for that one and dog them for that, just remember a couple things. One, it's early in the morning and they're about 100 yards away. So we'll cut them some slack. A football field length away from somebody early in the morning, you might not recognize them. All right? And they weren't expecting Jesus to just show up. So when he did show up, at first they missed it. It wasn't until the miraculous catch that they realized that was Jesus. Jesus is Lord of the ordinary because every part of our life, Jesus is with us. Yes, he's with us in the big things of life. We need to be reminded that he's with us in the difficult times of life. But what about when you're filing the paperwork in the office? Is Jesus with you? What if you're sitting on the blanket at a soccer game? Jesus is with you. Jesus is with us at all times as he shows that he is Lord of the ordinary in his presence. Whether you're doing a transaction at work, having coffee with a friend, or patching up a skin knee, Jesus is there. In fact, in Matthew 28, when he said the words, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age, he meant always. Even the ordinary. But he just isn't with them. We, we see him providing. See the provision? He provided in a couple different ways for the disciples, kind of in this little high-low experience that they had over the course of these few minutes. There's a high level of frustration that would have been amongst those disciples. Right? They're out all night long, and they catch nothing Jesus says, have you any fish? The answer was, no. Now, I have been out fishing for hours and caught absolutely nothing. I know how frustrating that is. But at least I can rest on the fact that I have no idea what I'm doing. These guys are professional fishermen. They got nothing. I can't imagine the conversation in that boat. Because you know they didn't just sit there quietly all night long. Although most of us guys who go fishing find ourselves sitting for long periods of time with no talking. But at what point does Peter, who's got in the back of his head the, the whole denial of Jesus three times and then seeing Jesus face to face again and the whole restoration thing, that's about to happen. That hasn't happened yet. and So he's got a lot of baggage that he's sorting through. At what point does Peter either say under his breath or in some explosion of frustration. I can't even get this right. Can't even do this. Net goes out, net comes in. Net goes out, net comes in. Nothing. Can't even do this. And you got John, who's maybe a little more uh, contemplative in the moment, asking himself, I wonder what God's will is for us right now. What's God's will for our life? What should we be doing 
And then one of those snarky unnamed ones says, clearly not fishing. What are they to do? They hear a voice that comes from the shore and it says, throw your net on the right side of the boat. And they catch the fish. So many they can't haul it in. Now, I don't know if Jesus had a vantage point from the shoreline that he could see something in the water. So from his angle and from his sight, he could see something that the disciples couldn't see, even though it was right next to them. And all Jesus had to do is point it out to them that says, they're actually right there. Or was it that Jesus miraculously commanded the fish of the, of the sea to come to the right side of the boat at that exact moment? Or was it both? But in that moment, Jesus provides an abundance for their needs. And their frustration changes to joy. John realizes that it's Jesus, probably because it's not the first time Jesus has done the whole throw your net on the other side of the boat thing and you'll catch a bunch of fish. You go into the Gospel of Luke and you can learn about his, the first time that this happened. But the moment it happens, the moment that provision shows up, John goes, oh, that's Jesus providing that. That's Jesus doing that. So in the water goes Peter. He goes swimming 100 yards to shore, leaving the other ones behind to drag the fish in. And as soon as they reach the shore, they run to Jesus. And when they see Jesus, they see the most ordinary of things. A campfire. Anyone fired up their uh, backyard fire pits yet? Man, got ours fired up last night. Felt so good to sit there again. There's a fire. And on the fire, there's fish. And there's bread sitting there. And in their joy, Jesus provides them breakfast. Just gives them breakfast. And the tone shifts from this overabundant joy that it's Jesus to an awestruck wonder as they sat in the presence of the resurrected Savior. Knowing a provision and a trust and a peace Man, what a morning that must have been. Have you ever been surprised by God's provision? They provided for you in a moment that you weren't expecting. And maybe even in the provision, you didn't even realize it was his provision until later. Maybe right away, maybe days, maybe weeks later, you realize, wait, that was God doing that. God providing in the ordinary. You get a phone call, you look at the caller ID and it's a friend of yours you haven't talked to in weeks or months. And you have a wonderful 30-minute conversation. Could it have been God orchestrating to bring some people together? Maybe you close a deal on a new client at work which comes with a, a commission check that is... Much needed for your family right now. Perhaps God's steering a school of fish your way. Jesus is Lord of the ordinary because he provides in the ordinary. He's there, he provides. And then as the scene and this particular one closes down, we see him extending an invitation. 
The invitation shows up in, in two ways. The first one is an invitation to participate in what it is that Jesus is doing. He says this, go and get some of the fish that you've just caught. So Peter runs and he grabs the fish. That's when we find out there's 153, which is just classic fishermen, isn't it? Any opportunity to tell you how the fishing trip went, they're going to let you know. 153 of them in there. Peter finds two of them, flays them up and brings them over. Okay, I find that a little odd and here's what I need you. Okay, pay attention or see if you've been paying attention. When the disciples come up to Jesus, they find a fire, they find bread, and they find fish. Wait, what did Jesus say to the disciples? Go get some of the fish you have just caught. Was Jesus a bit short? Did he think there's only four people in the boat and when they land on shore, he realizes there are seven? Like, Ooh, man, we're, we're two fish short. Somebody better go get some fish. Or, or first of all, how did Jesus get the fish and the bread on the shoreline? It was probably some sort of a miraculous thing that Jesus did. Did he just have a little bit, not enough to do everybody in the miraculous fish? So he could only supply part of what they needed and they need to do the rest? No. Jesus said, I'm doing something. Why don't you join me? Go get some of those fish. And you can participate in this breakfast. You can provide for this breakfast. Never mind the fact that the fish that they went to go get are the fish that he provided, but that's a sermon for another day. Then he gives a second invitation, not only to join him in what's happening, but he says, come and eat breakfast. So these very disciples, they are about to go out into life and do some extraordinary things, like world-changing things that God is going to do through them. He has a gospel message that's going to spread across this world and it's going to come through them. By the way, the same calling that each one of us have. But before it's time to go and to do, it is time to sit and be with Jesus. So he says, go get some breakfast. And come and sit. He invites them into his presence. He invites them just to sit. And they spend what we might label as incredibly unproductive and inefficient time with Jesus as they sit with him. The disciples had plenty, plenty of up and down moments. Uh, plenty of highs and plenty of lows. A roller coaster ride of a life. And yet in this ordinary, everyday life of going fishing, Jesus shows that he is Lord of the ordinary, everyday life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, you are a God that provides. You are a God who is with. You are a God who invites. So God, I'm going to confess to you that I often believe those things to be true in the extremes. That Lord, I believe you provide when I'm in desperate need. God, I believe that you are with me in the extreme joys and sorrows of life. But Lord, I 
I'll confess to you that I forget and neglect your presence and your provision. When I'm making supper, hauling kids to the next event, or just sitting on the couch. Lord, would you remind me and encourage me with the reminder that you are Lord of the ordinary. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I'm Pastor Doug. I just want to take a minute and to say thank you for downloading or streaming this content today. We at Triumph pray that it will transform your heart and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. I have three quick thoughts that I just want to share with you and it'll, it'll only take a minute. First, we'd love to connect with you. If you'd be willing, visit our website at triumphlbc.org connect and let us know how we can reach out to you. Or you can visit triumphlbc.org events to find an activity that you could jump into. Second, we hope that you see this content as supplementary in your walk with Jesus. Our, our digital content isn't really designed to be a replacement for belonging and engaging with a gospel community, whether that's here at Triumph or another church. And third, we invest a lot into producing this content and it's used to bless people like you and others all over our community. If this or really any of our other resources that you find online have been a blessing to you, would you consider giving? It's because of your generosity that we're able to continue creating and serving online. Thanks again and may the Lord bless you.